0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ plus authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Deshawn Charles Winslow about Decent People.
1: Hi, Deshawn. Hi, Dan, how are you? I'm good, how about you? Great, great, thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, I'm so excited. This book is, would you call it Southern Gothic? Not really Southern Gothic, but is it?
1: You know, I didn't think of it that way until maybe a few months ago when I was on a panel um, with the LA Book Festival, and it was, you know, the panel was Southern Gothic, or maybe it was American Gothic, but, um, but anyway, I, it wasn't until then that I thought, oh, maybe this does fit in that category. I just sort of thought of it as a, um, as a Southern, you know, a Southern mystery thriller, you know, that addresses social topics, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> and it does, it does
0: so well. And so, to give a little setup. It's set in the mid 70s. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And is there a reason you chose that particular era?
1: Yeah, I chose it. It was highly, highly about, mostly about logistics. So Leroy is in the first book um, in West Mills, and he he's born in 62. So, in order for me to make him 14 <laughs> in the second book, it, it landed on in 76. Um, uh-huh. But I was fine with that year, you know, um, even if I had chose another character, if I hadn't brought the loving family over into this book, I probably still would have done the 70s, yeah.
0: it's Well, it's a delicious period. And I, I, was, I lived in the 70s. I was, you know, maybe teenager in the 70s. And there are cars and facts about the 70s that I felt so familiar with. And it was such an enjoyable thing. You certainly knocked it out of the park with cars and, Particular ideas about those cars.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- I did a lot of I did a lot of googling and looking at photos. And- <laughs> I met someone recently
0: who has like a 1967 Matchbox car. Do you have a 1973 Matchbox car?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're gonna have to get you one then.
1: Yeah, well, they so- probably cost so much now. There. That's
0: that's (laughs) absolutely right. So let's get into sort of the meat of it. We meet Josephine Wright, Joe, as she's called uh, as the book starts, and she's found the love of her life and is moving back to West Mills. Um, Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of idea what Joe's like.
1: Yeah. So Joe, you know, was born and partially raised in West Mills but she and her family moved away, they moved north when she was a very little girl and she really didn't know why. But she is essentially um, a New Yorker, you know? And so while she has done some visiting the South and, you know, in pursuit of retirement and that sort of thing, she is very much a New Yorker. She's not into small town, uh, everyone knowing everyone's business and, and that sort of thing. Um, And she's not used to people knowing things about her when she hasn't even had a conversation with them. Um, And she is a very independent lady, but she is a person who was born in the early 1900s. And she does have the ideal. um, uh, She has, you know, traditional ideas about marriage. You know, she doesn't have to have a husband, but one would be nice, you know, and she has had some failed relationships and limp offers her um, a new beginning, you know, she's 60 years old. But at the core, Joe is a, you know, she's a very independent woman. She's a, you know, she is a fighter. She is determined. Um, And she's a a meddler also. She's a well-meaning meddler, you know. Um, But that's, you know, she differs. I think the way she differs from most people in the town is that, that independence that she, re- that she requires, the independence and in thought that she requires.
0: So having read uh, about the fact that she lived in New York and she's come back to North Carolina, one of the things that I don't think I really picked up on so much was the fact that what you categorized her, she's definitely a New Yorker. I will say that there were scenes that I was actually frightened for Jo because mm-hmm. she certainly goes straight, to the source, she doesn't beat around a bush. And I liked that about her, but I was also worried about her character in the book because racism, uh, her brother's gay, so there's some homophobia, and there's a lot of isms going on to where she's come back. And Limp has been accused through gossip. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I recognized so much from growing up in a small town in the South, yeah. Gossip, whether it's true or not,
1: is crippling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you talk
0: about that?
1: Yeah. So I wanted, I definitely wanted the gossip to be a really big part of this book. Um, I, it's almost a character. You know, it almost becomes a character without a face, and and it is because, as you say, in small towns, gossip is almost like it can also it can almost be like. The, the primary vehicle of, of communication, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a conversation, a phone call is made and you sort of start with the gossip, yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> it's, you know? Did you hear such and such and such? And then you move on to things that are actually factual. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I needed the gossip to be a really big part because it's, um, it's the way these people communicate and it becomes almost like a belief system. You know so- and so's having an affair, and it's not even questioned whether it's true or not. It is just well, so and so said it, so it must be true, you know, and you know, and so that's how this community works. and Joe, um, while she's not a gossiper, it is interesting that she goes from person to person collecting information in a very bold way. but when she, when something doesn't sound quite logical, she she lets people know, yeah. You know,
0: and that, that, was, that was an interesting thing about reading Joe's uh, character in this because she is coming back to a place she was born, but she's been gone a long time. And I think when you go back to a small town, and it, it's not only in the South, it's important right. to say the same thing happens in Iowa and Idaho. It just Absolutely. happens that your book is set in the South. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to some place you've been gone a long time, There are certain people who say, well, this person is uppity because, you know, Mm -hmm. they've they've gone somewhere else. So it almost puts them behind the eight ball. And then her love limp has stayed there his entire life. And he has busted his hump to be a good man. And it takes just a whiff of scandal that all of a sudden that changes.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like so many people in the world who have strife with, with family members, you know, whether it's their immediate family members or distant cousins or whatever. Um, but because his sister and his father and because they're popular, you know, um, their their family issue is a little bit more elevated, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he is, his reputation is just demolished just because he had an outburst and just because there was this long-term um uh, friction between mm-hmm. he and, and his half siblings, but but while limp is not perfect, he is you know he's a good guy, <laughs> you know he's a good guy. But the community once again with that gossip, they need some, they need something to, that binds them. You know, mm-hmm. like they have religion that binds them, and now coming together to accuse somebody for of this murder is just another way that they they bond with each other. Yeah, it's like sport.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with, it is like sport. I, I find that gossip can be just as you know, cutthroat as a football game or basketball mm-hmm. game, you know? And of course, I think oftentimes humans in general want a quick answer, you yes. know, because it is important to say there's a triple homicide that sort of opens the book. And that triple homicide in a small town is enormous. They a do. triple homicide, even in Los Angeles, would be big, but when you're talking about a small town, it is it is all anybody can think about. Right. And we want a quick resolution, and unfortunately, because Limp was brought down to the police station, yeah. unlike anyone else, he, he's in a very different situation with that.
1: Right, absolutely. Yeah, he is of the people who could possibly um have committed this crime, he is the one that has the least amount of money, the least amount of education, you know. And he when he gets upset, he kind of explodes, you know. And so he is so such an easy target. Such an easy target. Because I mean the grocery store owner, why would why would she commit murder? You know? And, yeah. And and um the man who owns the the, the shopping center. Why in the world would he commit murder? <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, and and there again, I think a, a big thing, and this unfortunately mirrors reality in the real world. Those people who are socio, socioeconomically depressed are mm-hmm. the easiest targets because they can't fight back. You know, if, you, if you have a pocket full of money or if you're uh, a Caucasian person, it's a lot easier to escape at least the first pass. Yeah. And, and not all police are bigots, so I certainly don't want to put it there. But in right. this instance, the police at least have one eye closed and the other one may be a little blind. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it is something that unfortunately we still see in society, this isn't anything new. Um, I kept feeling like, you know, of course, in the 70s, quote unquote, Jim Crow has supposed to have died and moved on. But having grown up in Eastern North Carolina, I know that it he's still limping along even in 2023. Yeah. So it's yeah. um, there again, it's something that I think in your book, which deals very directly with racism and homophobia, it is not necessarily the main topic, but it is certainly an underlying topic. I was very impressed with your handling of that. It was it it felt real. It didn't mm-hmm. feel contrived at all. So I, I compliment you on that. Everyone Thank should you. read this book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And I wanted, the, to, I wanted the homophobia piece to, to definitely be there and have its moment, you know. Um, but I didn't want the book to be exclusively a queer novel, not this one, you know? Right.
0: Well, and mm-hmm. I, th- I think that was the thing about it. You know, Joe is protective of Limp, her boyfriend, fiance. She's also protective of her brother, Herschel, who is gay. Yeah. And, you know, they navigate what happened years and years earlier. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, once again, secrets is a big part of this book. There yeah. there are lots of secrets I'm not even close to in this because there's a long <laughs> list of them. <laughs> but yeah. those secrets are things that inform who we are as people and how we navigate this world. And you do see with Joe, you see somebody who is fierce and loving. And just as I said, with both Limp and Herschel and Limp's son, Nate, she's mm-hmm. She's tenacious, yes. and it, it is a good thing. But as I said, it, it worried the hell out of me, and <laughs> <heart>. <laughs> yeah,
1: because sometimes you watch a, a thriller, or you know, read a you know a more a more traditional mystery. Someone who gets too close to the uh, to the source, sometimes they turn up dead too. <laughs> well. Know?
0: I'm, I'm glad Joe didn't. I hope I'm not right. giving anything away, but I will tell you, there were a couple of times I'm like, sister, you better be real careful because <laughs> you're <laughs> you poking the wrong hornet's nest. Right, right. <laughs> so, do you want to, to give us a little setup about Miriam? And because there's Miriam and Marva and Liz are the three who are murdered at the beginning of the book. Give us a little flavor of what Miriam is like. Sure, Marion. Marion,
1: yeah. yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so Marion is the town's only black doctor, and she's the only black doctor for several, you know, several miles. Um, so she is popular for that. But she, you know that entire family, the the Harmon's, they were notable before she was even an an adult because her father is, you know, one of the wealthiest. Not that he's filthy, filthy rich, but for this place and time. He is. He has the most money any black person has ever had because he has a lot of property, and it's unclear how he came into that all that property. You know, um, and I leave that I leave that as it is. <laughs> but um, that status that they hold, the Harmon family, sort of, um, it makes this particular family stuck up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, she goes off to school, becomes a doctor, and her siblings sort of follow her to the north. Um, And so she's not, Marion is not very, she's not very nice. Her siblings, uh, Marva and Lazarus, they are nicer. You know, they are enigmatic, but they are nicer. But I think their father, as readers will learn, their father was not a nice man. He's He's a provider. He wants the best. For his children, but he's not nice, and Marion has sort of inherited that from him, um, and she carries that coolness, that chilliness. She carries it into her career and into the community, and she makes, you know, she makes enemies in in subtle ways with most people, you know, but with one character, she does something really overt. Um, but yeah, that's you know, Marva is. A little more outgoing, but she's under her sister's thumb. And Lazarus is not very outgoing, and he's under both of his sisters' thumbs, you know. And um he you know, he is suspected to have secrets of his own, you know, that's that's hinted out, hinted at a little bit. Um, but that's the Harmons. And so the three of them are shot to death. That you know, we find that out in the beginning of the novel. Yeah. It's-
0: yeah, and I think that that's that's a perfect little tease because now everyone needs to know what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, are you working on something new?
1: Yeah, I'm in the very early stages of writing a book that is. Um, I'm tr- well. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to set it firmly in the in the '80s or if I'm gonna set it in like 2017, but a lot of the book flashes back to the 80s, you know? Um, and then the only thing I'll say about it right now, cause I'm in that stage where I keep changing my mind about things every other two days, you know, every two days. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that the book is largely gonna be about two people who have a lot of love for one person. And it's up for the reader to sort of determine which one should which one of them should have that third person yeah oh. but I, like I will it. say yeah just so that people don't think it's a romance it is not these are not romantic um, relationships that's the <laughs> only hint I'll give for now because again I may change my mind and I'm like <laughs> and it made that's, me a romance.
0: <laughs> that's the best thing an author can do is make up their own minds. I think that's yeah. fantastic. And there's some, back to decent people, there's some romances in decent people, some yeah. romances that I saw coming and some that I did not see coming. <laughs> and that of course made it even more delicious. So that was just <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> do you have a um, website or social media you'd like to share?
1: Sure. My website is com, No spaces or anything, no punctuation in the middle. And my Instagram is also Charles Winslow with no spaces or punctuation. Those are that my only two um, socials at, at the moment.
0: <laughs> that's, that's perfectly okay. I talk to a lot of people who say they're trying to get off of one or the other, or all yeah. of them, so it's totally understandable. <laughs> Again, the book is called Decent People, and it's by Deshaun Charles Winslow. I cannot recommend it enough. Thank you so much for chatting with me.
1: Thank you for having me, Dan. Thank you. (laughs) Hang on
0: for me just a second. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com on Twitter at OutWithDan, and on Instagram and Facebook at GoOutWithDan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by Bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.